Welcome to the Opinion Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher, alongside Dick Briggs, ready to talk a little wrestling across the landscape of Eastern Iowa. Uh, Coach, how are you doing this week? Doing great. Been busy. Lots of traveling already even, so, uh, you know, officiating and, and uh, yeah, that's what keeps me busy for sure. The, uh, but not as busy as you. Uh, it's uh all relative but yeah a lot of uh a lot of action going on uh all levels right high school college international this last uh weekend with the world cup in in iowa city um so a lot to uh to kind of go over um you know uh let's uh if you don't if you don't mind, I don't know if you got to see any of the World Cup or anything, but um, I'll just quickly kind of go over a few things. I uh, J.R. Ogden went down there uh, Saturday uh, while I was able to still cover uh, prep meets and and stuff. I went to Mount Vernon. We'll discuss that later on. But uh, I went down Sunday for the final day of the World Cup. Um you know, one of the things I always like to, to mention with events like this is I think at this level, seeing these athletes in person is a real eye-opener um, because it's, it's so different seeing them live than on a live stream or uh, through a camera lens because you really absorb just how good uh, these wrestlers are, how athletic, how explosive when you see them through your own eyes uh, in real time. You know, uh, sometimes depending on how the the camera follows action and, and whether it's zoomed in or zoomed out, uh, that can really uh, doctor what we see. Being able to see this level of talent up close and personal, it's something I learned in 2015 when I got to go to Las Vegas to cover uh, the 2015 championships, world championships. The action is fantastic. I'll tell you, uh, the men's and on the women's side, uh, it was really awesome to watch. Uh, Team USA on the men's side came away with their 15th uh, <coughs> excuse me, um, gold medal in the World Cup, beat Iran 6-4, to four, and probably uh, clinched in the best way possible. You know, Kyle Snyder has had big matches in the past. Um, you know, fans call him Captain America and everything because of it. Uh, everybody remembers how he locked up the uh, U.S. World Championships team title by beating uh, 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 um a few years ago. And then this year, uh, Iran decided to bump up uh, Cameron uh, Gassimpour, uh, two-time senior world champ, and I think three, three-time world champ overall. I think he has a junior or, or cadet or uh, U23 title in there somewhere, too. But uh, Snyder, uh, just too big and too strong, um, ended up with a 5-0 win. 
um, and and clinched up the title for uh, uh, Team USA. And that came on two really nice wins by Zahid Valencia, who, you know, uh, Zahid's one of my favorites of all time to watch, yeah. even despite the little uh, issue that he had. Uh, he wrestled outstanding this week. I think he was USA Wrestling's uh, Wrestler of the Week. Uh, Nathan Jackson, um, he came through with a big win to set up Snyder's clinch. Um, but just overall, great action, great performance, especially by Team USA. Right. And, uh, you know, KJ, we did this with without maybe a lot of our top wrestlers. You know, there's, there's mm-hmm. quite a few that were not in the lineup that, I mean, off the top of my head, uh, Gilman, Taylor, Dake, um, am I missing anyone Jayden else? Cox. Uh, did Jaden uh, Cox. Jaden Cox. And did, uh, did Zane uh, wrestle? No. So there's, you know, five right there that were the Olympians, right? Uh, not Cox, yeah. but. Uh, Cable Stevenson. Of course, Cable. yeah. So, I mean, that shows the depth that we have right now and, and where the level of uh, wrestling in the United States is on the international level. So that's really, really cool. And I, I was excited to hear you talk about it. I did yeah. not get to see it without busy, so. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, I'm sure uh, uh, on the women's side of things, they weren't real, uh, you know, happy with, Missing out on a medal, finishing fourth, lost to Mongolia on, on day two. Um, you know, but they had some some good individual performances. Um, Diving Guilford really stands out uh, as well. I know Kayla Miracle lost a close one against Mongolia, but she had a really good um, weekend and, and avenged a loss to um, – uh, the world champion uh, that she lost uh, in the world championship. So uh, women, they were also in the same boat where they didn't necessarily have uh, their top performers, but, you know, they still uh, wrestled, you know, they still had some good performances uh, throughout. Of course, there's an Eastern Iowa uh, connection on the team with Felicity Taylor. Uh, she went on to, but, uh, you know, she wrestled uh, a really tight match with uh, uh, a wrestler from Greece who was on the all-world, all-star team um, that they have. There's five countries, and then there's uh, uh, an all-star team with, um, you know, top-level competitors from various countries, um, which some that Terry Steiner really liked because there's some outstanding wrestlers that, their countries may not have the balance or, or, you know, just kind of the support to be able to ever field a team to qualify. So it gives those wrestlers that are at that level a chance um, to compete in something like that. So he was all for the all world teams, but uh, Felicity Taylor, you know, Terry Steiner said real good learning experience for her. And, you know, her biggest thing is that she just needs to trust her offense because it does work. Um, you know, and, and she's somebody that, uh, you know, has a lot of potential in the future, just needs to kind of relax and let it fly a little bit. Right. And what do they call that all, all-star team? I, what, was there a name that they put on it? Just the all-world all world team. All-world team? Yeah, that's pretty yep. cool. I like that idea, too. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you, you had 
like I said, there was a, a wrestler from Greece. I, I know, like, Turkestan. Um, I want to say there might have been somebody from Azerbaijan. You know, so you had some of those other, you know, countries represented. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it, just overall, it, you know, it's a, a great experience. Uh, the crowds, I don't know. Uh, it, it's just such a hard time of year here you know we're right in the thick of men's uh, boys and girls uh, wrestling season for high school middle of college wrestling season as well um you know you, they were they had they're up against uh iowa men's basketball um on sunday so you know if you wanted to reach over and grit you know kind of pluck some of those mainstream uh sports fans out of the area, they're probably going to, you know, place where they have season tickets and stuff like that. So just not a real good opportune time to sell out the whole place. But I think they, uh, I think they ran a, a pretty good event. They had some, it looked like some wrestling teams went as a group to attend. I mean, that's great. I think that's great for those young people to be able to, to witness that, but you know, it's just uh, – I think they had decent crowds, but probably hoping for a little more. But it's just really hard this uh, this time of year. Right. And I, I I did not see the price of the tickets, but I, I did I, – I thought I heard that they weren't uh, – they're a little bit lofty that might have kept some people mm -hmm. away too. But, I mean, it is a world-level event. But when you're in the heart of wrestling and you got all sorts of wrestling, as you said, high school and college and so forth, that, that – uh, you know, maybe people are not able, and, and right before holidays, not able to dig as deep into their pocket as normal. That's true. That's true. And I'm not sure who dictates that. I'm not sure if that's UWW, United World Wrestling, that kind of sets a, a floor or ceiling on ticket prices, or if that's, uh, you know, think Iowa City or, or what have you. But, you know, uh, th that was one thing I said um, on a different uh, – uh, interview that, you know, we get accustomed to seeing some of these competitors locally, you know, how many times have we seen Kyle Snyder wrestling Carver Hawkeye arena and, you know, so, some of the other people, Zane Richards, uh, Seth Gross, who actually was in Iowa city for a short period of time. Um, you know, we've seen Jordan Burroughs in person a lot. How many times do we take that for granted? So when the tickets do kind of reflect, hey, this is a world championship that we're talking about, like, eh, yeah, I'm not going to spend that much money. I've seen these guys before kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that might have something to do with it. But um, like you said, I didn't even think about the holiday season that, you know, people are, you know, are strapped already that – and you know, you know but I will say this about kind of change the direction here. The accessibility of the athletes appeared to be really, really great, not only on the venue, but prior to that, uh, at some of the clubs and some of the schools, you know, uh, you know, just going in and, and uh, maybe being visible in practice, or maybe even I don't know, showing some moves. I wasn't there, so I, I'm sure they might have done that, but I thought that was really, really neat, you know. And, and uh, you know, saw lots of pictures of autographs being signed and and video and such and and uh, you know 
that's just that's cool that's me for the youngsters that are that are looking up to those world level and olympic mellows and world mellows that's just cool yeah and you know i think a couple of really good examples of that uh after the gold medal duel you know, wrestlers to walk down the arena and by one of the tunnels, there's a, you know, there are groups of, um, you know, youngsters that were kind of line, kind of line the, uh, the partition. And, uh, you know, Yanni uh, Diakmahalas uh, suffered a really close uh, defeat. Uh, somebody that had beaten him in the world championships. Uh, you know, I think he lost 5-4 or something like that. Um, he didn't hesitate when he made, you know, he made kind of a slow walk down. And when he got down there, he veered right over to the young kids and start signing stuff. And that couldn't have been easy. You know, that was a match that, you know, he kind of, he got an early lead and could have, you know, that was a, that would have been a big win for him. You know, eventually that loss from the world championships. And I think, uh, he lost to the Iranian pretty handily in the world championships. And here he was close lost the tough one uh jordan burroughs same fashion um you know and that wasn't always the case um did see you know one wrestler that lost come out and just walked right by everybody and you know you can kind of understand it but um then again you see Competitors like Yanni, like Burroughs, um, who signed autographs and, and stuff, and you really have a lot more respect for for them and what they're doing. Those kids, I mean, that's making that's making a huge impression. And it was fun to even watch the kids that would approach like the Mongolian women after they won, <laughs> you know, and kind of reach out and ask them to sign things. And you know, no language barrier when it comes to to respect like that you know they signed stuff even though maybe you know maybe the kids never knew their names until they were announced and they never watched them wrestle until they saw them uh on that stage if, you, know, you know same with you know it's cool but yeah with the mongolians through the years I've, I've grown to like them they just they're so animated and so many things uh, I saw that, uh, you know, a, a video that uh, the Mongolian coach after the match with that was Jordan Burroughs, when Jordan Burroughs came over to shake his hand, he wants to do a selfie. <laughs> so, and Burroughs is up on the, on the, on the, uh, the platform. And so he's doing, a, he's doing the selfie from down below with the two of them in the, in the frame. I thought that, you know, there's, that's neat. The coach doing that, you know, that. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's funny you kind of mentioned that because, you know, the, I think everybody around wrestling has heard about the Iranian fans. The Iranian fans support wrestling as much, if not more than any other fan base in the world. And one thing that I learned in Vegas in 2015, uh, and I think it goes to, I think it applies for this year as well. They support all wrestlers. You know, they really appreciate good wrestling and they'll support anybody they'll cheer for obviously they're cheering for their guys more than anybody right right but they you know they'll cheer throughout the entire thing and if uh 
you know, the other duels, they were, they were cheering. Right. So, I mean, that was pretty cool. In the Mongolian section, especially during the bronze medal duel uh, for the women, they were lively, and uh, I, I thought that was pretty neat. Um, you know, so you had these fan bases that uh, were – they are really lively, you know. It, it was cool to, to kind of see them support their countries, and – uh, not surprised. I always like going back to this. Uh, St. John's U University had a D3 national champion uh, named Menga uh, Basuk. And his last name is Mayan Gangabar. And, you know, so... When they would cheer for him, they would yell "Batsuk" after every after every win, and they had his full name on a banner. That whenever he would win, they would they would roll it out, and of course, it like like spanned across like one of the whole sections. Uh, we used to get a we used to get a big kick out of that, and of course, Batsuk was uh, a really great personality, um, and, and really uh, uh, good to talk to as well. So, love the Mongolian fans as well. It was cool to see them down there in Iowa City. Right. I mean, and the respect for uh, from the Iranians and and really other countries as well. I mean, it, I remember going way back clear to Dave Schultz. You know. And maybe even before that, but you know, you know, there's a guy that would, you know, was a world champ and so forth, and had the respect of of uh, you know the international crowd, and and uh, you know, so they're they're not afraid to show that, and I appreciate that. So, well, let's uh, got a lot really uh, on the college slate uh, this last weekend, but let's kind of touch on that and and. University of Iowa finished up their dual schedule here this first half of the season. Um, they went to UTC. Uh, they came away with a victory there to improve the uh, seven and zero. But uh, you know, it just they just kind of took care of business down there. Right, they went six and four in matches, but they didn't have. And we're going to see this a lot. They didn't have their number one lineup. Uh, you know, Spencer Lee wasn't there. Um, Murin wasn't there. Uh, I, I'm not sure who their number one man is at 133. Uh, it could be that the number one man wasn't there at 133, but we'll see. Yeah, I think it might. I, I think all signs are kind of pointing towards it might be Brody Teske um, going forward, especially with Shriver you know, kind of being lackluster here in, in his opportunities. That's what I was thinking as well, but I, I, I didn't really have anything to base it on other than what you, the observations that you just mentioned. So, um, yeah, I mean, they did a good job. You know, that top half of that lineup, you know, um, the last three weights really came through and, and uh, well, actually four weights, I guess, right? Kennedy's at 74, right? And I, did he fill in for brands? No, he was at 65. Rams lost to uh, Rocky Jordan. Oh, yeah. Um, right. My decision. 
Right. And Brands wasn't in the lineup either. I forgot. So, I mean, you know, they took down that. And, and I'm sure they knew they were going to win the meet and they need to get those guys with, you know, that are long in the tooth, <laughs> wrestling wise. <laughs> and, uh, and then also, uh, you know, I'm sure Brands is, must have a, uh, an injury of some kind, you know, that. Uh, he, no, Nelson wrestled. Oh, Nelson did wrestle. Okay. Yeah. okay I'm sorry. He, he lost three to one to, to Rocky Jordan, who oh, that's right. used yeah. to wrestle yeah. at Ohio State, actually, a grad transfer from Ohio State. My, my fault. I, I didn't remember that. Sorry. Sorry. But, you know, um, yeah, and, you know, so just, um, it's interesting they went down for a, a single duel. You don't see that too often, but, but uh, right. um, to go to Nashville, that's, that's pretty neat, I guess. Yeah, and you know the history there where Terry used to be a head coach there at UTC, I'm sure. Kind of point of fact, but yeah, you know, you kind of mentioned the the upper weights, Assad, Warner, Cassiope all getting bonus points. Uh Patrick Kennedy getting the tech fall there. Uh the one, even though he won by decision at six two at 157, but Kobe Seabrecht. Is he kind of, uh, I don't know, if you, you kind of look, if you consider this the midway point of the season, kind of. Um, you know, is he kind of your your breakthrough guy for the Hawkeyes here early on? Oh, you know? Yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. And, you know, I, I'm not going to say he's a surprise because I think that the coaching staff and the athletes expect that though it doesn't always happen, you know, they expect to, their, their athletes that are stepping in for the first time to, to wrestle at that level. And, and it doesn't always happen, but boy, Kobe's really, he's really had a nice first half of the season here. And so it makes it I'm anxious to see, you know, and it's been fun because we've got to watch him, you know, through high school and such. And uh, so, you know, to step in and, and wrestle at this level is just, that's really fun. Down the extreme arena, uh, big, big, busy month for um, Coralville when it comes to wrestling. And uh, both the men and women will be competing in that uh, open tournament, Soldier's Salute, uh, as well as you and I. But um, speaking of you and I, they had the you and I open. Um, Drake Ayala was up there for the University of Iowa, won a title. Um, and you and I had, uh, I believe, one or two champs from from this weekend. Uh, I think one, one for sure with Wyatt Volker. One champ, and then they had four runners up. And, uh, and then uh, Iowa State had four. <clears throat> and uh, so, you know, it was, uh, I, the, the, the field was, was good. But it wasn't what it's been in the past. I don't think you know with a lot of of uh, big teams bringing in their number one squad. Not even the UNI's number one squad was there. So right. Uh, so you know, um, obviously not the Iowa team. They were wrestling, and Iowa State did that with without their varsity. So um, so you know, it was, it was a, a, a good tournament, but not that great level that it has been in the past. Uh. 
you know, Wyatt Volker's performance, uh, won uh, 12 to two uh, over Missouri's Tommy Hagan. Um, had a win over uh, Jim Nagel of Minnesota in the semis or in the quarterfinals. Uh, the win over Hagan, I believe, uh, uh, was before that. Um, and then received, interestingly, received a forfeit from Iowa's Zach Glazier in the final. Um, but he's 11 and all. He's got two pins, a tech fall, three majors so far. We've seen Schwab do this in the past. I believe John Gunderson had his shirt pulled as a true freshman, maybe Tyrell Gordon as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to try to fill that spot at 197. Is that his Volker's start? Maybe does that make Maybe pulling his shirt and giving him a chance to step into the lineup. Uh, does that make that a possibility? Well, it, it makes it easy up to this point because they haven't had any any dual meets. So they haven't had to put anyone in there. Uh, they'll have those now going forward. Uh, they start down at the, uh, um, what do they call the duels down in? in the collegiate duel, the journeyman. Yeah, coming up here. And so they'll start down there and we'll see what happens there. But I think it's a possibility. And and also this year, as you mentioned before, that uh, you get four competitions. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Before you, is it your fifth one that you have to, you lose your shirt or is it your fourth one? I think it's the fifth one. I think you get four, uh, four free dates. Okay. So that, so, you know, you might, you might see that, you might see him rustle, and then, you know, that might be the barometer that they use as well, so. Yeah, and, you know, uh, the journeyman duels coming up, um, you and I and Iowa State will both be down there. Maybe that's a perfect opportunity to kind of give them a chance um, and see how that, uh, how that might work out right and you and i starts out with lock haven and ohio state on the first day the 19th and then iowa state wrestles oregon state and cornell that day and then the second day that depend on i think what happens the first day so it might be a good chance to see where he's at yeah and you mentioned uh iowa state had a champ at the you and i uh you and i duels or you and I open as well, right? I think they had four champs. Four champs. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, they've uh, they've had a good first half of the season. It'll be interesting to see how you and I and Iowa State uh, do down in New Orleans um, for those Rockfin collegiate wrestling duels. So, should be – should be fun, um, you know, and just to kind of reiterate the entire field, Iowa State, Lehigh, North Carolina State, Oregon State, Central Michigan, and uh, North Carolina uh, on one half. And then uh, you've got Cornell University, Penn State, UNI, uh, Ohio State, Cal Poly, 
And who's the other team? Blackhaven, did you say? Blackhaven. Okay. So and um, those and those they don't cross over. So they call it red <clears throat> or whatever they call those divisions. The red doesn't wrestle the blue or whatever they're calling them. And uh so you you know you wrestle within that division that you're in. So in other words, Iowa State would not wrestle you and I. And that's good because that needs to be done up here in Iowa. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So and I think we'll get a really good gauge. Like you said, you and I hasn't had any duels up until this point. Um so I think we'll get a really good gauge of where you and I is at. Uh, you know, we saw them wrestle really well out at uh, Las Vegas and at South Dakota State um, in open tournaments. And, you know, Harold Nichols open. Um, so I think this will be a really good gauge, a really good measuring stick for both uh, you and I and Iowa State. Right. And uh, I'm kind of anxious to see what the lineup is for you and I. I we can kind of piece it together, but when it comes to dual meet time, you never know. And uh, so we'll see. Yeah, I think Iowa State's probably pretty pretty locked into what we've seen. You know, maybe we'll see what uh, how things kind of go at 133. If we'll see Zach Redding, I think that'd be one of the bigger questions. Kind of where that's at where Redding is and uh at his eye off um if he he's if he'll still be manning that or if Redding is down to, to 33 and feeling good see if Terakina is back um but they'll be pretty formidable uh if they've got everybody in place right Iowa State's I mean we've been watching them the last few years just, you know, uh, creeping up, not even creeping, but moving forward. And they're there. They're there this year. I mean, obviously we saw that in the, in the Iowa State duel, but but uh, that uh, they're there for sure. They're going to be a fun team. And they've got some exciting wrestlers on that team. It'll be fun for their fans to watch and for us to watch as well. Yep. So that'll be uh, next Monday and Tuesday, I believe, or next Sunday and Monday. 19th and 20th. So that is Monday and Tuesday. So, right. <clears throat> so keep an eye out for, for that as well. Um, that's about the same time as the Desert Duels, right? In uh, Las Vegas? Yeah, yeah, I haven't even paid attention. I went to it the last six years, but it's definitely that weekend. Sometimes on a on a Sunday, sometimes on a Monday. So I haven't even paid attention this year. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I know uh at the D3 level, some news that's uh, starting to kind of circulate. It looks like Loris is on the, the verge of uh, starting a women's wrestling program there, kind of joining some other schools in the area like Wartburg, like Cornell, like Simpson, uh, who have uh, women's programs starting up. So uh, another women's program emerging in the uh, American Rivers Conference. That's great. That would be nice if all of the schools eventually had it, but but uh, good to hear that for sure. Any other uh, uh, final college thoughts? Uh, um, just, a, just a little wrap up here on D3. Uh, Cornell went up to uh, lacrosse and wrestled in that multi-level 
uh, tournament. I actually they wrestled in Madison this year, but they wrestled lacrosse in Madison, where you've got a Division One team, Division Two team, Division Three team, and uh, they that you know uh, lacrosse is ranked third, and so Cornell lost uh, they thirty eight to six. Their next competition is a Fairwood Pools <laughs> Saturday out in Nebraska, and uh, at, at Nebraska Wesleyan. And then Cole went big over your over your Beavers there, um, forty-seven to three, and they're off until the national duels. Uh, mm -hmm. Luther lost. Uh, actually, they split. Uh, they lost to to Wabash, who's ranked uh, in the top ten for sure. I don't remember if they're top five or not. They're close. Uh, they lost thir thirty to sixteen, so they had a good showing there. And then uh, they beat Wisconsin Stevens Point thirty-six to three, and their next. Competition is the Gator Boot Duels. <laughs> I, I love yeah, that. Yeah. I love that name. Down in Nashville. So the Gator Boot Duels. And that's on Saturday. And then uh, uh, Loris did not wrestle this past weekend. And they're, they're next up at the Kalahari Duels in uh, in Ohio. And that's the sat this Saturday. So, um, and then uh, Upper Iowa is, uh, their next competition is uh, the Midwest Classic in Indiana. So, um, that's kind of the wrap up of D three and D two there. Yeah, and kind of interesting with Upper Iowa. You know, they haven't had a competition since November twenty third. Yeah. Uh, with Waldorf, quite quite a gap there um, for the Peacocks when it comes to the early season competitions. Right. I don't know what's going on there. If they're having to limit competition with funding, or if they're, I, I'm, I don't know. So. It, it just seems odd that that's that's the case, right? Um, and then uh, just to follow up, the Desert Duels, uh, I believe Sunday the eighteenth. Um, looks like uh, Warburg has Arizona Christian and Wayland Baptist um, on the docket uh, there on Sunday. So, uh, kind of interesting. Some different opponents there for for the Knights. Um, out in Vegas. Yeah, I don't so know about those schools. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't either. First time I ever heard of them. So uh, we'll see how, how that goes. Well, let's shift gears to uh, the prep side of things. Um, kind of right in the thick of, uh, you know, competition for, for boys and girls. Um if you don't mind, I'll, I'll kind of start uh, kind of going over uh, what I saw Saturday at uh, Mount Vernon. Actually, uh, had a couple back-to-back -back trips here for, for Mount Vernon. Last Thursday, you and I uh, covered the boys and girls duels against Clear Creek Amanda. Um, that was pretty cool. Uh, Mount Vernon won both duels. Uh, interestingly, that was the first sanctioned uh, girls duel at Mount Vernon. Um, and I think uh, they split the, the six matches that were competed. Um, uh, each team getting three pins, but Mount Vernon with uh, uh, close to a full lineup and uh, received a, a lot of forfeits to come away with a duel. And Ellie Sebetka um, won the very first uh, match for Mount Vernon. Um, 
in their gym, first Mustang to win a match uh, in their home gym uh, for the girls. So remember that if you uh, ever have a trivia contest. But it was, it was really cool. We got to see uh, uh, the girls' teams receive a standing ovation in between um, meets there. That was kind of neat. Right. Had a, a, a very good crowd, too. Uh, that, uh, um, you know, I posted a picture of us before, but that was before the meet started. So the crowd had really filled in, and there was a very nice crowd, and they were loud. And, and mm-hmm. uh, like I said before, the girls bring a different level of uh, excitement to, to the gym. So that was, that was fun. And fun to watch and 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 we're going to see that where we've got some teams that ha- are full and some that are not full and you know as the as this the sport grows and it's going to mm-hmm. grow rapidly here and oh, sure. it grows, you'll you'll that'll even out so yep um and, and the boys uh uh the mustang boys won one big there as well um mount vernon's one of those teams that have really just kind of uh uh Open some eyes here early on. Uh, won team titles at the Newton Classic. Uh, have dual wins over Clear Creek and Mana, Williamsburg. And then uh, they won the team title in a field that included uh, Assumption and, and Lisbon. Lisbon not full strength by any means. Um, but uh, Mount Vernon had six finalists. Uh, to, to lead the field, they got a championship from Clayton uh, Perot uh, at 106. Lisbon uh, had uh, five champs, um, Brandon Paez, Tiernan Boots, Indy Harbaugh, uh, Matthias Cole, and Wyatt Smith at heavyweight. Uh, Brandon Paez, uh, a fall in the finals against Aaron Boone from Washington, who's ranked six in 2A believe he's a returning medalist, uh, real quality opponent. And, and Piaz really has dominated uh, his foes early on, the UNI commit. Um, Schwab's getting a good one there. Well, that's good to hear for the Panthers and for, for Brandon. They're doing a great job. That's not a surprise. He's kind of filling in, uh, you know, Lisbon – Every year has that hammer. It seems mm-hmm. like he wants to be the hammer this year. So, uh, that, you know, there's the guy. Yep. Um, Assumption had a, a decent showing. They had uh, three champs overall, uh, but it's still a team that uh, they've got a few really good individuals, just not that balance. You know, Derek Bass was a champ for them at 126. Uh, looked really, really good. Um, on Saturday as well, but um, again, another nice showing for Mount Vernon, who was just, I think, has climbed uh, maybe to fourth um, in the dual rankings and eighth in the traditional rankings. So, uh, you know, they're still hoping for, um, you know, maybe some individuals to to get healthy. I think there's some hope that maybe Clark Young Green, who was a state medalist last year, uh, suffered knee injury during football. They're kind of holding out hope that he might be able to join them um, for the wrestling season. Uh, might be kind of unlikely, but, um, you know, it still could even be a better team going forward, which is kind of scary and, and really adds a lot to the 
already packed Womack. Right, and with with Young Green, uh, I mean, I mean, it's, it's sad, <laughs> tragic, and all that. I mean, I mean, there's worse things that can happen. That's just you know, in a high school career, the, the, you know, here's here's a guy that gets his his knee injured right towards the end of the football season, doesn't get to wrestle. I mean, wrestle uh, play in the in the football championships, uh, the final game, and then uh, and now his wrestling season is likely being stricken, but you know, there are hoping that he can get back, but I think he wants to play Actually, a coach told me he wants to play football in college. So, you know, they're going to have to weigh and balance the risk factor there, I suppose, uh, they being the family. Um, so, uh, we'll see if that comes to fruition or if he's going to you know, forfeit this season. And you know right. he's a guy that was sick last season at the state tournament, and uh, still oh, wow. back place. But he was he was very sick at the state tournament when he when he wrestled there. So I think that affected his his outcome at the state tournament as well. Um, and one other thing to note, uh, I think just kind of looking at uh, kind of the pre-tournament breakdown here, one hundred and seventy pounds. Uh, had about uh, five ranked wrestlers in the bracket there. Um, you had a finals match between West Liberty's Drake Collins and Mount Vernon's Henry uh, Ryan. Uh, Drake Collins uh, held his seed as the number one guy, uh, edging Henry Ryan three to one in the finals. Got to take down with about 25 seconds left or so um, to win that match. And um, good performance from Drake Collins here to, to win a pretty tough bracket. Yeah, that Mount Vernon, that tournament's tough for sure. Um, a couple other tournaments. One tournament I want to kind of mention, I know we didn't uh, uh, really uh, mention it when we were kind of throwing subjects back and forth, but uh, I want to mention the South Winnesheet tournament there. Um, could could be kind of foreshadowing to what's to come in Class 2A. You had a Osage in West Delaware in the field. I don't know if West Delaware was at 100%. Um, didn't look like they had everybody in the lineup. And then they also had um, Brent Yakovic, one of their top returners, injury default out um, of his bracket. Um, he ended up finishing sixth after defaulting in the semis in the rest of the tournament. But Osage came away with the team title, uh, beating West Delaware 286 and a half to 185. So pretty decisive there for Osage. Osage with eight champs and 10 finalists. Uh, West Delaware and uh, uh, three champs, Carson Les, Will Ward, and Cam Guther. Uh, Vin Shellsburg, Cooper Sanders. Uh, he won the 152-pound title um, there at Southwind. But Osage, I tell you what, you know, West Delaware's string of of titles on the dual side uh, in jeopardy. Osage looks like uh, it could be pretty, pretty darn good both duels and obviously tournament wise. Right. 
And that's no surprise on that. In our very first podcast this year, I, I believe I mentioned that uh, that Osage has over 100 points returning all of their points, I think, from the from the state tournament last year. And they are the team to beat. And so they, they showed that last this weekend. And uh, uh, I don't, you know, I think when West Delaware gets to full strength, they're still going to have their hands full. Um, so we'll see. That's going to make it exciting. For sure. For sure. Um, and then uh, Western Dubuque, uh, they held the Bobcat duels this weekend. Uh, Albernet, Albernet comes away with a title up there. Right. I was up there roughing that this weekend. And, and uh, um, tough teams, tough teams. I did not um, rough Albernet, actually. And, and uh, um, so I was kind of on the other side of the bracket, I guess. It just ended up that way, I guess. But but uh, um, did get to watch them on, on some dump, down times and, and see. But Albert placed first in the dual tournament, as it, and it was a 10-team uh, a dual tournament. So they wrestled five round robin, and then they paired the one, first and first, was it five or whatever they uh, wrestled, uh, and then paired the first versus first and so forth. So Albert beat Pleasant Valley 42 to 32 in the finals. And um, then Williamsburg was third over Dakota, Illinois, who's a very strong team, 39 to 36. And then Caledonia out of Minnesota beat Kennedy for fifth, uh, 48 to 24. And uh, then Western Dubuque was was seventh, uh, was seventh and they beat uh, Central Duet 54 to 22. But back to Albernet. Albernet, their first 10 weights, seven of those 10 went five and zero oh on the day, and the other wow. three went four and one. We, we knew that they were, you know, they had their upper weights were a little bit uh, lean there. Uh, they did have some bodies there, though. Earlier in the season, they, they were forfeiting those. So uh, I believe they had every weight filled. But um, um, so, you know, they're going to build on that as well. And uh, But those bottom or those first 10 up to one, 170, sheesh. And, and I, I got to say this. I was writing it down. And I said, the names, the first names of the Albert, those uh those seven that went five and oh, first names are Atley, Rowdy, Tayton, Brody, Gunner, Car Carson, and Reese. That's five, that's seven names that are pretty cool. I like those. Names. Yeah, right. <laughs> not, not your usual, you know, uh, Kevin or Richard. Or <laughs> yeah, right. It sounds like you have your own version of the outsiders right there in Alberta. <laughs> right. Um, Golden Rowdy, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was kind of fun. So. Yep. Yeah, and uh, um, this Albert off to a really good start. Um, you know, nearly knocked off Prairie the first night of the season. Uh, they wrestled really well at Independence that first Saturday. Um, so I, I think. Uh, that's a team that's going to uh, make a lot of noise and especially in class one a um, as well. I kind of liken them to uh, how you mentioned Mount Vernon, uh, you know, uh, the kind of that same team, you know, they've got, they're going to be a team to, you know, watch they're moving up the ranks for sure. <clears throat> well, let's uh, touch on a couple, a uh, couple more tournaments uh, from last week before we look at the battle of Waterloo. Um, to kind of close things out. Um, look at North Cedar. Um, 
Solon went down there and won the team title with 173 points. Bell Point was second at 155 and a half. Northland third, 108. Uh, Solon got a championship from Larson Sinwell at 132. Um, Bell Plain with uh, three or four champs: Jackson Rita, Hunter Henry, Aiden Tim, and Chase Wickwire. Uh, Northland had uh, two champs: Kale Bridgewater uh, and Jaron Payton. There at 145 and 170. And then uh, Cedar Rapids Jefferson had a finalist down there. I want to mention uh, Shakuru uh, Bedadera um, for uh, for the Jayhawks. He was second. Uh, I believe it um, coming in second behind Carlos Venezuela of Highland. Uh, but Bedadera had two pins to get to the finals before dropping a decision to Venezuela. So uh, a nice uh, job there by Bedadera. Right, there's a 13-team field, and and uh, I found this interesting. Of the the top nine teams, uh, eight of them had at least one champion, and the ninth place team had two champions. So I mean, it's, it was really spread out in terms of of champions, other than Bell Plain that had four. So, yeah, and it definitely was kind of a matter of uh, depth there. Uh, we mentioned that uh, Solon. Uh, had uh, all the wrestlers finish sixth or better, you know, so that uh, that kind of made a difference for for someone, um, given that uh, other teams might have had more champs and stuff, but that really came through. But again, kudos to Bell Plain for for building their program. We've watched that the last couple of years to to really bring their their uh, program back up to that level that they've enjoyed for decades. So that's right. Definitely. Um, just want to mention too the Iowa City High. Uh, they were second at the Sadel Invite. They finished uh, uh, three points back of Truro I-35. They had three champs and two runners up. Kale Seaton, Kale Kurtz, and Gabe Arnold uh, won titles 126, 132, and 182, respectively. I know City High just. Uh, Kind of share the fact that Arnold is up to number two nationally at 182. Um, they got silver medal performances from Kendall Kurtz at 106 and Jake Mitchell at 138. The interesting thing here, though, Ben Keeter, uh, uh, not wrestling, I'm not sure if you know he's out. Uh, uh, I, I know he won some football awards, um, maybe he's on a trip somewhere doing something like that. Um, Hope it's not anything like an injury or anything, but um, I'm assuming he probably had a conflict and just missed out on the tournament, or else City High probably wins that uh, pretty handily. And did I hear he is the number one ranked wrestler in the nation, or at least pound at his weight at two twenty? I think, I think pound for pound, maybe maybe it was at two twenty, but I was. Thinking- I'd, I'd have to look, but he, I know he's always been right up there. You know, really, you know, has always been close to the top three in that class of 2023. Yeah. So, um, one other thing, too, to mention about City High, uh, their girls went up to uh, Makokita's uh, Zimmerman, Zimmerman Invitational, um, and the Little Hawks won the, the girls' division there, um, topping Anamosa. 157 and a half to 146. 
uh, Hadassah Walcott, Aaron Anderson, and uh, Annabelle Stepflug um, won titles for the Little Hawks there. Anamosa had three chants as well with Addison Musser, uh, Maggie Wagner, and Emily Waters. Um, Hempstead won the boys' uh, invitational there uh, at Maquoketa as well. Uh, and I, I, th this is just a note to Marion had a, a, a tournament, girls tournament, and um, there were 10 teams there. I believe 10, uh, I can't get back there. 24 teams there. They, had, they did a bracketing thing where the four, four man bracket, but they had, here's the note, 173 wrestlers there. And then wow. as compared to, we just talked about the Mount Vernon Invitational, <clears throat> 17 teams there. They used 16 man brackets and they had 155 wrestlers there. So, I mean, it's, I thought that was pretty neat to see that, you know, that's the young girls. That's the, I would say probably not your varsity teams yet. Maybe if they're doing those bracketings, but maybe it is. But uh, um, it, nevertheless, it uh, I thought that was incredibly good numbers, one seventy three. So definitely, and um, I I almost forgot. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the Marion tournament. Kennedy had their their girls tournament uh, Monday this week, and uh, there's some good performances there. Lindmar. Um, Coach Mike Gears leading the Lions. Uh, they won the team uh, team race. They had uh, 196 and a half pounds. Uh, they had six champs um, there in, in weight classes. Uh, Kendra Baines at 105, Kate Seary at 110, Allie Jelinek at 120, Reese Roberts at 125, Cecilia Hartley at 130, and then at 235, Trinity Young. So outstanding performance, Limar, I think, kind of leading the way there on the girls' side here early on. Uh, Cedar Rapids Kennedy had a couple champs uh, at their home tournament. Jocelyn Stricker at 170, and then Ella Brown at 190. Ella Brown, um, probably one of the top uh, uh, girls in the Metro overall. I know uh, uh, she was a preseason Nationals runner-up. Um, uh, has had some really close matches with Rachel Eddy, who's a nationally ranked um, wrestler there, like 195. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch Ella kind of go forward. Uh, Iowa City Liberty and uh, Williamsburg both had champs. Uh, Evan Lee Nielsen at 155 and Elizabeth Eggleston at 140 for Liberty. And then Williamsburg's Phoenix Grip 145 and Madison Kirby uh, at 115, win titles. Grip uh, winning at 145, beating Cedar Rapids, Washington's Carly Klein in the final. So the Warriors had uh, a runner up there as well uh, for Kennedy or for um, at the Kennedy meet. Right. And then throw in uh, Benton Kennedy, uh, at 135 champ, Lizzie Wolf. And then oh. also uh, the third place team, uh, Jefferson Jayhawks, had, oh, yeah. had no chance, but had three seconds and, and had some pretty good depth there as well, evidently to, to place third. So um, interesting there. Um, I didn't see that Iowa city West had some wrestlers there. And, uh, but I also saw that they had some wrestlers over in the, uh, in the, uh, the council bluffs classic, that huge big turn, you know, tournament the, on the boys side, there's 41 teams mm -hmm. on the girls side, there's 32 teams, but um, uh, Janelle Avila 
won that. She as it was a champ there, and uh, um, so uh, you know that's pretty nice to to see that with the uh, on the boys side the uh, Alex Pierce. We talked about Alex at one one oh six uh, got beat uh, in the finals. He did. He was a runner up. Not bad for a freshman, right? Uh, right. But uh, you know, three one team tournament. Uh, Justin Avila was was fifth. Kyle Scranton was seventh. Ashton Henry was was eighth. And I forgot to mention at 135, Helen uh, Orazula, sorry, was seventh. So um, that's kind of how West fared out there in that big tournament. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about the Battle of Waterloo before we uh, close things up here. Um, the brackets have been released there. Um, just kind of mention one of the one of the cool things I I think. Uh, the Battle of Waterloo does is they name uh, the brackets after, um, you know, their Hall of Famers, I think. Um, and uh, uh, this year, the honorees um, on the boys' side, Rich Benick, uh, his name is on bracket A, Quentin Hayes, Haynes, sorry, Quentin Haynes, um, his name is uh, the bracket B, Steve Gillian, um, and bracket C, and then uh, the Morkel family. Uh, I think people recognize the, the Morkel name from the Cedar Valley. Uh, bracket D um, up there. We'll run through the teams in bracket A, and then I kind of get your thoughts about uh, the pairings. Bracket A, you've got Osage uh, versus Columbus. Osage, number one seed. They've got Waterloo Columbus right out of the gate. Uh, the four and five, you've got City High versus Crestwood. Uh, Auburnette's the three seed. They have Western Dubuque right out of the gate. Then you've got second seeded Prairie versus Charles City. Um, boy, the, the semifinals could be a, be a dandy if uh, all the seeds hold. You know, I like this bracket. Maybe <clears throat> intrigues me the most. Uh, maybe because I know the teams a little, a little bit better than some of the others. But, but uh, we know Osage is solid. We know they're they're tough. Can be hard to beat. And then City High's on that top side with them. So there's gonna be some some fun matches within that duel. If assuming those two move forward out of that first round, and then right. the lower half is what what I'm a excited about. I guess or interested in, about is. Is Alburnette that we talked about is seated third. They'll have Western Dubuque, which is, you know, they're not going to be able to roll over them. They'll have to put in a pretty good effort. And then uh, they're, they're uh, wrestling uh, on the bottom. The other half of that bottom bracket is Charles City and Prairie. I think Prairie beat Alburnette maybe by a point or two earlier this year. And uh, when, when the, I happened to be roughing the youth tournament on Sunday and Coach Rush was was there showing his his guys some of his guys working the table. Uh, one in particular, Brody neighbor was right there and showing him the bracket. And I happened to look over and you know, he shared it with me. Uh, and I said, "Do you like where you're at?" And he goes, "Yeah." <laughs> so he was anxious to try and get another shot at Prairie. And uh, mm -hmm. so he, they were excited. I think that it'd be fun to watch what happens there again. <clears throat> yeah, it, and then uh, you know. In the, the finals of that will be another good one uh, there. In bracket B, uh, you've got West Delaware's number one seed. They have Waterloo East uh, in the first round. And you've got a couple small schools going at it with Wapsie Valley and Nashville Plainfield. Uh, 
Uh, you have Independence in, as the number three seed versus New Hampton, Turkey Valley. And then uh, the number two seed, Don Bosco, has Denver uh, in the quarterfinals of bracket B, the Quentin Haynes bracket. Uh, this one, um, boy, I tell you what, those top three teams yeah. uh, are – I. I might be the kind of the toughest bracket when you look at those top three teams. It, it, it's kind of a separation for sure, but those three and the other five in this bracket. <coughs> I don't see West Delaware being tested into the finals. And then I, I, we're going to find out where Independence is. Mm -hmm. They wrestle Don Bosco. So are they there yet? We know they're, they're close and they're a good balanced uh, dual team. Um, so That'll be interesting. I'm going to keep my eye on that one for sure. Yeah. Uh, that'll be fun. If they can limit bonus points, that might be their best, uh, you know, in addition to getting a couple wins and maybe some toss-ups, it's going to be how much damage can they avoid in those matches that they uh, that they aren't favored in or, or lose. So, um, yeah, it's kind of, kind of interesting there where you have uh, – uh, what is it? Two, two state dual champions, defending state dual champions, and then right. uh, the runner-up from two A that um, that finished second behind one of those two teams that are all in the same bracket. So kind of kind of interesting there. Um, bracket A and B. Those are in the morning session for the boys. Um, they start at nine a.m. Uh, with the quarterfinals and then 11 and, and one o'clock uh, uh, for the for the final round uh, on day one Friday. Um, the evening sessions, that's when bracket C and D will be held. Uh, bracket C, uh, you've got top seed in Linmar versus Union Community. Um, then you have Cedar Falls and Pleasant Valley and the, the four or five matchup. Indianola is the number three seed versus Clear Lake. And then you've got Ankeny, the number two seed against Sioux City Heelan. Um, right here, no no disrespect to any of the other teams. I know Ankeny's really good. Indianola won the West Delaware tournament here to open the season. Um, and it's formidable, but I just really don't see Linmar being challenged uh, in this bracket. I would have to agree with you there. And you know, I think the bigger question would be Indianola and, and Ankeny in that semifinals. So uh, that might be the better, the, the closer duel in this bracket. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, we'll look at bracket D. Uh, Waverly Shell Rock, uh, the number one seed in bracket D. They've got Waterloo West to uh, open up. And then kind of inter an interesting matchup here. You've got Lisbon and Assumption um, in the 4-5 duel. Those two teams just wrestled at Mount Vernon. Uh, Assumption finished just ahead of, of Lisbon, who wasn't at full strength. It'll be interesting to see how they match up duel-wise and whether or not Lisbon will have some of those guys uh, back in the lineup. Yeah, well, all question marks that we'll have to see, you know, hopefully they're both at full strength and it's a fun, <coughs> a fun meet to see. Yep. And of course, 
the winner of that more than likely has Waverly Shell Rock. So, um, you know, you kind of even if you win, the reward isn't <laughs> isn't that great uh, when it comes to the semifinals. But um, you know, could could be a makings of a pretty good quarterfinal. Um, on the bottom side, you've got uh, North Scott, the number three seed against Clarion Goldfield Dells. Uh, and then you've got uh, the number two seed, West Des Moines Valley against Lake Mills. Um, Tennessee, North Scott Valley in the semis, and then the winner uh, against Waverly Shell Rock. But um, kind of like bracket C, I think this one's uh, maybe uh, Waverly Shell Rock's to lose, pretty much. Oh, I, without question, yeah, for sure. And uh, um, and then kind of mention how, how, what happens after the first day and how they, <clears throat> how they pull them up there. Um, so let, let me ask, uh, this, how about you pick a winner from each, uh, from each bracket? Okay. You want to start and work backwards or from the top down? However, however you want to do it. I'm going to start, I'm going to work backwards because I'm, <laughs> I think it's going to be easier there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Waverly Shell Rock. <laughs> you want me I to agree? Okay. Lindmark. Go ahead. Okay. And then uh, now we got top half. We got a, a little bit closer potential here. Hmm. Uh, uh, I got to pull one upset, don't I? Pick one upset throughout the tournament. So this will be my upset, I guess. I'm going to pick, assuming they make the finals, <laughs> Don Bosco. Well, I really don't think it's true, but I got to go. I got to pull one upset, right? Yeah. And then, okay. and then on, on the A bracket, it's got to be Osage. They're just too solid. Okay. All right. Um, I, I agree with C and D. Uh, Lamar, Waverly, Shellrock, I think, without a question. Um, bracket B, I also like Don Bosco. Um, I. Just especially with uh, West Delaware's uh, showing this last weekend, just not sure if they're all 100%. So I uh, like Don Bosco out of bracket B. Bracket A, I am going to throw something against the wall and see if it sticks, and we'll see. Uh, I'm going to go with City High. Really? I'm, I'm, okay. I'm going to just one of those, uh, you know, Betting on a long shot just to see, you know, just to see. I'm going to go with City High, pulling an upset and uh, and making that that championship pool on Saturday. Well, they're, they're, City High, to me, appears to be a team of really great wrestlers and some other <clears throat> middle of the roaders. I'm going to call them that. Maybe that's not fair to say that. But, but uh, and so it would, if, if they're going to pull that upset, to me, they're going to have to, uh, they're going to have to have big bonuses out of their elite kids, kids, and those other kids are going to maybe have to pull an upset, beat that guy that they're not supposed to beat on paper, and yep. uh, maybe come through there. So I would think so. Um, yeah, that's another. We'll see how that pick. See if it stays on the wall. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then uh, just so uh, the evening sessions, uh, those begin at 4 p.m. Friday. Uh, second round will be at 6 and the finals at uh, 8 o'clock there. And of course, uh, after the brackets get settled, all the number ones will wrestle in the championship pool. All the number twos will, will wrestle in the, you know, number threes and so on um, on Saturday. Uh, Want to also look at the girls' brackets here really quick. Uh, you've got uh, the the Yakubek, um bracket in the morning session on Friday, and then the I, IGHSAU bracket in the PM session. Um, the Yakubek bracket. It's uh, uh, Waverly Shell Rock uh, versus Waterloo East to open things up. Um, then you've got uh, North Scott and Dubuque Senior, uh, East Buchanan and Crestwood, and then Independence Osage. Uh, there, the Independence Osage duel really um, is intriguing, I think, in, the, in these first round matchups. Even East Buchanan and Crestwood. Um, you know, uh, East Buchanan's got uh, some really good individuals with uh, Curly and the Crumbs um, as well. But Independence and Osage, I think that's the one that really kind of piques my interest there in that uh, that morning session quarterfinal. Right. And we should mention that there's there's two <clears throat> eight team brackets. So there's 16 teams in the in the girl on the girls side. So there's just two brackets. So I'm guessing Waverly Shellrock is the number one seeded team and Osage is the number four seeded team in the tournament. And so, um, and I'm, I, I guess I don't know where independence is, but that one intrigued me as well when I saw it. So um, to see that there, but you, you know, there's a lot of North central teams, North central Iowa teams that are in this tournament. And, and like we've said before, that's kind of where the strength of the girls programs are right now. So. Yeah, it's really where it really blossomed, I think, to begin with uh, in Northeast Iowa, that Northeast Iowa Conference. Um, right. I think that's where it really kind of took off to, to start out with. So, yeah, no surprise that those would be the kind of the stronger teams here early on. Um, in, in the afternoon bracket, uh, you've got Bentendorf uh, versus Waterloo West. Uh, Dallas Center Crimes in Charles City. Uh, then you've got Limar. We talked about how well Limar has has gotten off to a good start. Uh, they've got West Des Moines Valley here to open up, and then uh, Norwalk versus Cedar Falls. Uh, Cedar Falls is one of those uh, another one of those really strong uh, teams. I think uh, could be a fun duel uh, in the semifinals with Limar and Cedar Falls. Assuming they both move, I agree with you. That's uh, well, yeah, <laughs> very very fun. It's, and I, I I was wondering, uh, as you were going through this, these, I wonder if this will ever turn into a tournament of its own. The Battle of Waterloo. I mean, is it going to be too big to run both boys and girls at uh, thirty-two teams, or will they have to go a different weekend and go with the girls separately? Yeah, that's a that's a good question because. Uh, I think with the, uh, I think the way you have it right now, um, the Young Arena just is not big enough 
um, to run two thirty, you know, to have sixty four teams competing at the same time. Right. Um, you'd have to do somebody a disservice by, uh, you know, finding somewhere to put two other mats. I, I just don't see that being the the case or, or what you'd be able to do with that. So, yeah, they, it could grow and end up being uh, two separate weekends. I think you're going to have to do that. And then, or like you said, find a satellite site. I mean, I don't know if you go to McElroy or, or I, you know, I don't know if you just only need two mats, maybe to one of the high schools. Uh, but the, again, that's, that kind of takes the luster out of the tournament. And, uh, you know, maybe they, they, I don't know if you can do it two weekends in a row in, in terms of uh, is the arena available and that sort of thing. So we'll right. see. That'd be hard with the Blackhawks playing right. hockey there and, and everything. But, no, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, kind of grows in the future. Um, I know some other uh, tournaments this weekend, Northland. Well, we'll have a tournament. Uh, Regina has their tournament as well. Um, but a lot of good action. And I'm at uh, Prairie for a girls tournament there. So I'll be in town, local, see how the local talent is, is developing. Yep. Uh, Prairie's girls tournament. Um, that's a first for Prairie, I believe. So uh, we've seen Marion and Kennedy have their events we saw Linmar with their uh dual event earlier so it's kind of cool to see the metro having their uh running their gamut of of events here uh before january because more so than the boys once you get on the other side of uh, the holiday break uh you're going to be short season you're going to have a short condensed season before their state tournament at the beginning of february so right so, and then uh, the regional, is that the last week in January? I haven't even looked. Uh, I believe yeah. so, yes. So, we don't even have a month before yeah. the tournament. Yeah, because when you figure they probably won't have competitions the first half of the first week when we get back because of where uh, New Year's Day falls. So, yeah, you're going to have about four weeks to – before you have your qualifier, right? It's gonna go quick. Yeah, it's an interesting. This we'll talk about it later, not today, but uh, with all mm -hmm. of the dip changes uh, with the girls we've been talking about, that's all new. But then also, there's some big changes on the boys at state with the 24 qualifiers. So we'll talk about that some other day. But some interesting things to, to see how they develop. Yep. Uh, next week, uh, you wanna you wanna wear a Christmas sweater? You got ugly Christmas sweater. <laughs> We'll have to dig something out. I don't have one really, but well, I have a shirt that my wife calls an ugly Christmas shirt. So, <laughs> okay, well that that'll do. Uh, I I jumped into the ugly Christmas sweater uh, pool this year. Uh, even got matching ones with my wife. So, uh, I'll I'll have that on next week uh, to show. So, if you want to see something funny, make sure you turn in tune in next week for for that. All right. Any any uh, 
last thoughts, any words of wisdom before we sign off for this week? Uh, keep it rolling, wrestlers. All right. And in the words of our good late friend, uh, G. White Schultz, Coach Briggs, take, take us out. Let's keep wrestling on the move. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.